Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. Hello, it's Chris. You've heard me before on this channel. Um, let me tell you, when we at the Podfix Network are running an advertisement, it's because we really believe in the company. We often go to the company and ask to work with them directly and then vet their product. And I'm really excited to be working with MeUndies. MeUndies offers a great quality product. I'm even wearing them right now. I would wear two pairs if I could. So we all know some are sweaty and hot, but your tushy doesn't have to be that way. With MeUndies light and breathable Micromoto fabric, you can stay comfy and cool all summer long. I don't know what Micromoto fabric is, but it feels incredible against my skin, and I would build a fort out of MeUndies and live in it if, you know, the wife and kids would let me. They have uh, super fun seasonal prints like Star Wars, Mickey Mouse, Jack and Sally, and, and don't worry if you're one of those people that doesn't want to have any fun in their underwear, you just want solid colors, they've got that too. Plus... They have tons of styles to choose from in sizes from extra small to 4XL. And I wish I was extra small, but that doesn't matter. You can bring the beach to your buttocks without ever leaving your living room. If you do dare to turn off the new season of Stranger Things and venture to the pool or beach, check out their new and improved swimwear styles. I like the one with sharks on it. They're soft, stretchy, and sustainably made. Make it a soft summer with MeUndies. Now, since you're listening to me here at Podfix, uh, you have a great offer coming your way. For first-time purchasers, you get 15% off. If you sign up for their free-to-join membership, you can apply that 15% off to their already discounted membership prices. How cool is that? So to get 15% off your first order and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash PodFix. That's P-O-D-F-I-X. MeUndies.com slash PodFix. And remember, stay fresh and cool, cheese bags. Mark my words. Michael Knight will die. I am the voice of Knight Industry 2000's microprocessor. You wish to eat, you wish to drink, you wish to reproduce. Yeah. Which one first? Uh, excuse me, I was trying to get a student loan. I think you're in the wrong department. Discipline has never been a problem, my dear. <laughs> I want to talk to you about reproduction, sir. Wait, what? Whose reproduction? Yours? <laughs> My own reproduction? I want to talk to you about reproducing with cars. <laughs> reproducing? I'm not even that. Reproducing with cars? What? Oh my gosh. That's what? What are we? Wow. What are we? 40 seconds into the recording? And I'm <laughs> oh man. I don't know. I, I don't know what you're talking about, I don't babe. know what I was trying to there i'm sorry <laughs> welcome to champa clyde the night rider years this is a podcast by two friends who share a love of classic 80s television 
I'm your host, Dave Champa. I'm the other host, Greg Klein. Now, if you're new to the show, I'm really sorry you had to hear that. Um, the basic idea behind this podcast is that Greg and I choose a classic show from the 80s and we dissect it episode by episode. And, you know, we do poke fun at these shows a lot. It is out of complete love and admiration. Oh, complete love. For an era that could never be replicated. Tried, but never truly replicated. What? Occasionally, Greg and I like to create our own side story within an episode to see where that takes us. Uh, also, Greg is convinced that all 80s TV and movies are connected within the same universe. They are. So that comes into play many, many times throughout. Proven. Um, timelines crisscrossing, lines syncing up. Greg. T- tableau of, of intertwinedness. How are you? I'm great. How has your last? Well, I shouldn't say two weeks. So our original schedule was after the new year, we were going to go to a bi-weekly schedule with a weekly release. But we ended up have recorded every, the last three weeks because <laughs> as of this recording, we are recording on the night of January 15th. Our bonus episode is <laughs> released. Oh, wow. Um. We watched The Barbarians. <laughs> we we did. If you want to hear our thoughts on that, I would suggest just listening to the bonus episode because we rambled for almost 22 minutes. How, how are The Barbarians connected to Knight Rider? So The Barbarians are connected as um, the two actors who play the lead in that movie were the heavies, so to speak, <laughs> in the season three premiere. They're they're listed and credited as the Barbarian Brothers, but Greg and I were so taken with them mm. that we renamed them the Beefaroni Brothers. I still like Thick One and Thick, thick Two. Thick One and Thick Two, whatever you decide. But we were quite taken with them in the season three premiere, and uh, we decided to follow that <laughs> rabbit hole and find the movie they're most well-known for, I guess. Yes. Also, yes. Anyway, let's... I don't want to... If you guys want to hear our thoughts on that, listen to the bonus episode. It's 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 a quick it's a quick listen. Twenty two minutes, one and done. Um, how have your last week been? My what, last. What have you been up to? My last week, I I ate myself out of a cocktail shrimp cave. Did you really? An entire cave made completely out of cocktail shrimp. What was the cocktail sauce made out of? It, there was well, there was some. Co- it was well, it was cheap, okay. so it was pretty much Bloody Mary mix. Ooh. Actually, it might have just been a Bloody Mary. Actually, oh, okay. So I did go. We, did, my Christy and I, had brunch with some friends of ours at um at a uh, Binga's in 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 near here. Wyndham, Wyndham, in yeah. Wyndham, and they in the morning have an. A, oh, they're uh, open in the morning. Well, they have a they have a brunch option in the morning. Okay, where they have bottomless Bloody Marys, or maybe it's not bottomless. No, for seven dollars. Yeah, you get a Bloody Mary with a tremendous amount of vodka in it. But basically, they just bring you the glass with a little bit of ice, full of vodka, and then you go make the Bloody Mary yourself. So oh, you so have, you put all the everything you have you Bloody want. Mary mix. You have the house mix, and you have like tomato juice. Yeah, and then you have a selection of like various pickled items uh, you know pepperoncinis um olives that sort of stuff then you move along then you have like a, a basket full of skewers of bacon yep Ooh. and then you have a whole another basket of uh of chicken wings oh, like smoked crazy. chicken wings another yeah, yeah, one yeah. of deep fried chicken wings oh my and that's, gosh and you can you keep put chicken wings some, in yeah. your bloody mary yeah Oh, I put God. a chicken wing on my bloody mary and then <laughs> and and a couple of skewers of bacon Wow. It's pretty damn good. And a couple of olives and a pepperoncini. See, okay, my problem is is that I hate Bloody Marys. <laughs> I, I don't do vodka very often. Uh-huh. I, and I actually just think the idea of like mixing vodka with tomato juice is repulsive. <laughs> is it? 
My breakfast drink of choice will always be the mimosa. Yes. I'm a big fan of a mimosa. They have bottomless mimosas there. Not the Bloody Mary, but you buy a mimosa and they keep refilling it. See, that's my jam right there. I just can't. I've tried. Every time we go to some event at my parents' house or if it's like like a brunch, there's always like Bloody Marys. And they're like, oh, Dave, can we, Kristen, can we mix you a blood? No. No, please. And I realize it it all ties together. uh, This my stream of consciousness here. I like Bloody Marys because I like cocktail shrimp sauce. That makes sense. And I don't particularly like Bloody Marys. Yeah. But I would I would eat an entire ring of cocktail shrimp. Okay. And it's the same thing, minus the seafood. All right, I'll get th- I'll buy that. Yeah. I'd buy that. Excuse me, I have to burp for a moment. I okay. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Um so that so that's your Bloody Mary story. Yeah, it's my Bloody Mary story. Anything else? I I've had a pretty low key week. Yeah. For sure. That's not- good. Not a whole lot. I was down and out pretty sick for... I went home sick from work on Friday. You I sound fe- a little plugged. I fell asleep Thursday night feeling crummy. Woke up... You know that wake up in the morning if you get like really sick and you're just like... Your nose... Like your nostrils are like all crusty. <laughs> and your head is floating above your above your shoulders. I tried to go to work. I, my One of the people I work with wasn't going to be there till 11 and i just i felt bad i didn't want to leave them high and dry even though it was a friday we typically don't have patients on friday i went in and then she came in at 11 and i got up and i was like i I gotta go home i gotta go and so i was in and out of it all weekend um i'm i was probably back to 90 percent by sunday and then you know today's wednesday and i'm i'm feeling fine i just gotta get the rest of this these boogers out of my nose i'm still still coming up like i got sick christmas eve yeah and i still don't feel great these have been lingering colds man yeah. they've been lingering for a long it's time yeah. um i i bought a new laptop that's the only other big news of the week for oh me. yeah uh i'm really excited the one i got was a it was a hand-me-down and while i'm very appreciative of it i was able to get uh, a total of one recording in on this laptop before uh, the program we used froze every single time. Uh-huh. <laughs> no fail. So we've been currently using Greg's, and it's been great, um, but it'll be nice to be able to have an actual functioning computer. Should be here tomorrow, so the next time we record, we're going to test that out. Oh, wonderful. See if we can get that working. I'm excited to see what uh, I'm, get. I'm pretty excited. It's one of those convertible laptop flips into a tablet uh, type of computers. Got it on the super cheap on Amazon, so yeah. really excited to give that a try. Other than that, it's, it's been a quiet quiet week yeah. which has been really nice Chris, well, I, I guess oh sorry you're gonna no, say no, no go ahead no no i was gonna say i guess the other thing is that i, I actually graduated from college. yes i was waiting for the, that that's just the thing i don't know just that's, uh, dude that's, that's fucking huge like this has been a how long how long have you been in, back in school has it been has it been I, three I think, years i think it's been four close to four I don't years remember four years four years of school maybe well when did you leave usm Oh, uh, I left USM in 2017. No, wait. Yeah. Yes, I left USM in 2017. Okay, so that's when I left my other job, and I had already been in school for at least a year and a half then. So it's been two and a half to three years. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, that's I right. F- I think it's four. I don't remember. I think it's been four years because there were some semesters where the classes weren't offered and I couldn't take it. That's right. That's right, because I worked yeah. at USM until summer of 17. I worked at L.L. Bean for six weeks, and I walked out. Yeah. Uh, Yeah! Then I I worked at Target until November of 2018, where I got the job that I'm currently in, and I've been there for a little over a year. Yeah, that's right. That's what it was. That's right. No, I think I started in 2015. 15? I think so. 15 or 16. Yeah, Yeah. because you were doing one or two classes at a time. I remember when you tried... I remember the first... That's right. 
you try the first time you did your first like two semesters you tried to hit the ground and you were just like you were taking like two or three classes and you realized nope. shortly after your first <laughs> two semester, at a time I was like can't do it one yeah you were like this is just it was yeah. too much for your yeah and you were doing full-time at that point because you hadn't actually left full-time job yeah you hadn't left your full-time job at that point so you're no. you're juggling a full-time job yeah plus two full-time classes yeah <laughs> so that's true one of which i think was in person yeah a couple of them have been in person yeah. several of them so have. but anyway it's it's been a it was a lot it's been a long road to get there you fought tooth and nail every semester <laughs> but you freaking made it and i, I was, did it i got the phone it's funny I, you sent me the picture of you with your diploma i got it that's the saturday as we were recording for Kristen and i's podcast uh-huh. and i had to like hold it in because i really wanted to show Kristen because oh. <laughs> I, I you know Kristen was just as much a part of the process of getting you there yes. as i was i had to hold it in as much as i could i was like it was like 10 minutes in and we recorded that episode for over an hour <laughs> oh my god how do you, you being you how did you do that i just had to take my phone and put it behind me <laughs> did you have to like like clamp something onto or like an a, a, a appendage so that you focused on the pain rather than not being able to tell Kristen. Listen, I clamped that phone so hard into my butt cheeks that when I was done with the recording, it came out looking like a diamond. All right. <laughs> yep. I, okay. Uh, that was a really poor attempt at a transition. Speaking of diamonds, Greg. Oh. <laughs> you want to talk about today's episode? I. Oh my God. There's so much to I talk about. Did it? <laughs> There's so much to talk about, Dave. And the episode or otherwise? And the episode. You want to get into it? God, we have to. All right, let's get into it, guys. Here we go. It is Night Rider Season 3, Episode 3, The Ice Bandits. So this is the movie The Ice Pirates, right? Yes. So when did Ice Pirates come out? Ice Pirates came out in 19... Yeah, you look it up because I'm re- I'm recording this. I don't want to open my laptop. I'm, no, don't, don't touch. I don't want to touch anything. I'll probably crash my laptop just doing a Google search. <laughs> Literally, just typed in <laughs> Ice Pirates, and it's still loading the Google page. What is that? What 1984. The- okay, so this is 1985, right? No, Wait. this came out. Uh, this aired October of 84. So I mean, okay, we'll we'll get into. I'm seeing a lot more parallels in Knight Rider. Directly to the pop culture of the time, like directly. I'm gonna look at the actual release date of Ice Pirates. So it released March 16th of '84. So this aired after the Ice Pirates. So six months, almost six months, I think. So clear. I'm just. Uh, it's too coincidental. Yeah, they had to have used that name to. I don't know. Although it just seems weird. I will say that this episode specifically, you know how sometimes like. We did a lot in MacGyver where we were really stretching to try to figure out why they would name an episode this. Uh-huh. This makes sense because of they refer to diamonds as ice. Right. Of know? course, it makes sense. So it makes sense, but it just feels... You're right. You're it right, It just though. seems weird. Yeah. The ice bandits. The ice pirates. Yeah. Entirely different. Yeah. But there were no herpes there, there were no, no, herpes there were no, there were no Well, I mean, Michael space may herpes. have had a herpes. Well, space herpes. They're very different. Right. I mean, we don't know about Michael's... STD scenario. So, as you know, as all stuff that happens in the eighties takes place in the same timeline. Yeah, was Ice Pirates happening concurrently to this episode somewhere in the universe? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, an al- not even an alternate universe, our very own universe. Yes. Just somewhere else. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um. So we open on Bonnell, Bonnell, Bonnell and Mikey. <laughs> We, we open on Michael and Bonnie on their way to an estate sale. 
slash auction of a woman who was a staunch supporter of the foundation. And her name is Mrs. Potts, and she had a self-worth of over $10 million. Okay. All of her money that was raised and all the money that she was worth has already been donated and will be given out to various charities. As this is happening, we see these two goons who just get off these motorcycles and they're like plotting to go in and rob the estate sale. They're going to steal all the diamonds from the estate sale. Yeah. So they break in and they hold everybody at gunpoint. And poor Devin. Devin tries to step in and be like, sir, I would like you to understand that all these diamonds are spoken for. And he gets pistol whipped and knocked unconscious. Yeah. Like like, bludgeoned right on the freaking head. But I love the way he, he fell over. He's like. Uh, he does oh. the big. He does like the big eyes, like that. Mm. He he like opera fainted. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, <laughs> and that's for a classically trained actor. I feel like that's just the only way that you can pass he, out. He he he. Yeah, he theatrically passed out. Yes, that's exactly oh. what it was. Oh. So they run, and Kit and Michael get obviously, obviously, Kit and Michael chase after them. Now Michael has a great line yeah. where you start to see that there's a relationship building, like really a good deep friendship and michael says listen they had what they wanted they didn't need to hit him no because michael like, i just tried, love that like, he, he was like he was belligerent about this he was mad that they hit Devin. yeah he was so mad david he was that he turbo boosted over an 18 wheeler but it wasn't even real original footage they reused it from diamonds aren't a girl's best friend that's right they did <laughs> it was the same turbo boost footage from that episode it, it's and it was but the okay so they're they're blowing their load right off the bat like people just want to see turbo boosts basically oh, yeah. this is the first five minutes of the episode oh absolutely it's like, we got a turbo boost kit we got to do it it's like come on you, you used to save that for like the pinnacle moment and we're eight what six minutes in yeah maybe six minutes in yeah they also reused this um this scenario where there's a chase through a drainage canal which we've already seen it was the episode that we did back in season two that you couldn't come down for that Kristen recorded with me that was where michael gets amnesia i i watched sorry and, and that's i'm eating some you're eating three, a three musketeers and i'm really jealous that i can't eat that right now <laughs> so yeah there's a chase through a drainage canal which we've already seen before which i thought was an interesting choice so the the robbers they head through like a small opening in the end at the end of one of the drainage canals, and Kit's like, "Mike," Kit, and Michael's like, "Kit, scan there. Tell me where they came out." And Michael and Kit's like, "Well, I, I would, except that there's 25 different exits for them to come out of, so I, yeah. I don't think over a hundred miles of road. Yeah, but, I, don't, I don't think I can help you with that. But you're right. They're starting to, they're really aggressively starting to reuse footage." Yeah. Which wouldn't have been noticeable, you know, if it was from the first season. You wouldn't have noticed that two years later. No. But no, absolutely not. Because we're definitely seeing. Oh, we've been here before. I mean, we're watching them in succession, and not just that. I'm starting. I'm recognizing a lot of familiar places that were in MacGyver. Yeah, I think a lot of the shooting locations have to be in the same area. But these would have been used first because these were airing in '84, yeah. and MacGyver doesn't air till the following season, till the ah. '85-'86 season. So these would have been the first time used, which is interesting. So they stop at the riverside, the two robbers. Um, one guy's name is Lyle. The other guy's name is Charlie. Of course. Good old Lyle and Charlie. Now, Lyle apparently is the one with the record. Charlie's got a pretty clean record. And Lyle starts talking to Charlie about meeting up with some plastic surgeon so he can change his appearance. Charlie. Yeah. He's like, Charlie, yeah. you got to go. we got to change your appearance so nobody's going to know who you are. And that way we can get away with this. And I'm thinking to myself, and... As I'm thinking this, Charlie says it out loud. Charlie's like, well, actually, I don't know, because you're the only other person that could point a finger at me. 
So maybe I should just kill you. Yeah. And the point was also like, I don't have a record. You're the one with a record. Nobody knows who I am. Why do I need to get a new face? Exactly. Now, we assume that Charlie hits him when he starts firing blindly off the riverside. Right. So so (laughs) he runs off. Lyle, like... He he basically kind of bum rushes Charlie, knocks him you know off guard, and then just makes a one eighty and runs. Right. Charlie fires at him. We don't know what happens. We just that's just the end of the scene, right? Because the next time we see him, he has a wounded shoulder, right? But the I this entire sequence takes place in like six hours. Yes, from oh the, yeah, from the moment of the robbery. To the, the bit where Lyle and Charlie have a falling out and they fi- shoot each other. To the point where Michael, oh, I'm, I'm sure you're getting there, but this whole thing that we're talking about takes place like during the same day. It's a really small window of time. Absolutely. I don't oh, yeah. Ca- I, mm, <clears throat> I think the other thing about the 1980s is that time might have been compressed. Time is a relative in the yeah, 1980s. Or, or hours were longer. Maybe... Maybe, perhaps, David, maybe, all of the 1980s were in EP mode. Oh, I like that. You so like that? where like a regular two-hour span would actually be more like a six-hour span. Right. Okay. Right, because it was all analog. So all right, I get just, that. Yeah, okay. Maybe that's a thing. All right, I'm digging on that. So let's talk about Jody Tompkins. Oh, Jody. Jody Tompkins was at the estate sale when the whole robbery went down. So Devin tells Michael about... Jody, who was there, they were actually talking at the estate sale. So Michael heads over to Jody's place to well, kind of. Jody was wearing an, a necklace of, yeah, that, right. that that was ripped off of her neck. See, by you're one so of the much assailants. better at the details. That's another thing about this. Greg is way better in the details. I just kind of go really not quickly through plot points, but Greg <laughs> likes to kind of backtrack it because sometimes yeah. I'll miss something like that. Which is why they would have to go find Jody, and I just forgot right. that so, she was wearing. I don't diamonds. know why Jody was there. I don't know. It doesn't make sense in the moment. But the the robbers come in, break the d- case open, take all the, like it's picture a fish tank upside down with diamonds in it, right? Yeah, it's a glass case. They break the entire thing down to rubble, take all the the diamonds out of it, and then Jody's there, and they grab the necklace right off of her neck. Right. Don't know why she's wearing it at the moment, and then that's gone, and then that's why Michael has to go find Jody. The this same I, day. The same day. Yeah. The same day. Yeah. She's already home. Her clothes are different. And she's painting. And she's completely fine. I guess the police have already gone through everything. Yeah. Nobody. I imagine if someone came in to an auction and stole three or four million dollars worth of jewelry. Yep. That would take hours to let everybody go home. Yeah. Hours. Absolutely. At least. Nope. Nope. That, that's just not a thing. It's not how this works. Same day, she's at home fucking painting. Now, let's talk about the painting for a second. So, once Michael gets to the apartment, she's painting. Now, she is, apparently, she is currently a model, but she's always wanted to be an artist. Specializing in what she refers to as neo-expressionism. So, she has Michael guess what the painting is that she's drawing. And Michael's, like, you know, kind of playing along. Oh, yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, whatever, something, whatever. He names something. And she goes, nope, it's the stove and the refrigerator. And he goes, oh, right, right, yeah. And you look at it, and it's just this, like, really shitty abstract piece of art that's supposed to symbolize a stove and a fridge. Nope. <clears throat> nope, not at all. It was awful. Oh, Jody, I'm sorry. So... Michael asks her, like, yeah, hey, did you see anything? Do you know anything that's going on? She denies that she saw anything. She doesn't know and as they're talking, Charlie, one of the thieves that we saw, the guy who fired at Lyle, walks into Jody's apartment, who apparently happens to be Jody's fiance. Oh, 
hi! What? How convenient. <laughs> um, as they're kind of chatting back and forth, Devin calls Michael at Jody's on Jody's phone. I know. He well, calls her on okay. Jody's. Let's oh. just let's just give them that because no one had. Sell- well, I guess you know. Here's the other thing, Michael. Devin could have called Kit, who could have patched him into the wall. Yeah. Why the hell didn't Devin do that? I'm sorry. That's just like you've been working or, with Michael now for almost three in years. In general, why doesn't the foundation have actual cellular telephones? This is what I'm talking about. Like, this is exactly like if we can have a car that speaks and is literally a car of the future, you don't think we could figure out how to have some sort of a mobile and telephone? And not just that. You know how they you, we were talking about when we started season three, how the, the uh, director and the producers wanted to update Kit? Yes. Why not update how the foundation works? Give him a car phone. Not just that. <laughs> right. Give everyone in two-way communication. Yes. Absolutely. So he calls Jody on the on – Jody. Oh, he, Devin calls Michael on the apartment phone to tell him that Kit had called the police because Kit was scanning the area near Hillcrest Canyon and found an abandoned bike down by the river. Now, now this is interesting. Yeah. Because Michael's at Jody's, and I guess Kit's just tooling around by himself? I, I, I guess. Because he's, I don't know how far Hillcrest Canyon is from the apartment. Or, or, or because Michael told him, tell me where they could have left. Kids just been scanning and trying to figure stuff out and looking and looking and looking. Right. So it doesn't matter because he can pick locks. That's fine. Right, exactly. So Michael says that they he tells Charlie and Jody, like, hey, they found some blood down by the river, but not a body. I gotta go check this out. But it was it was <clears throat> enough blood that it was actually it was actually a body. Right. It was so much blood that it was in the shape of a body. Right, exactly. But there was no actual body, it right. was just blood. Uh, yeah. It was ridiculous. So <laughs> Charlie tells Jody, like, as after Michael leaves, Charlie basically very quickly, like, hey, Jody, I got to go on real estate. I'm going to be gone for a while. I've got to go on real estate? I've got to go on real estate business. Okay. I got to go. And Jody's like, well, bring me with you. And Charlie's like, oh, okay. Well, let's do that. I, I, I'll get you another ticket. We'll go to Napa Valley together. Napa Valley? They're oh. going to Napa Valley. But he made it sound all exotic. We're going to Napa Valley. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it's pretty pretty common common area in california people mm-hmm. know about it's not that majestic <laughs> it's wine country i get it but <laughs> see the majestic grape trees so <laughs> we get to hillcrest canyon and we see lyle running along the riverbed as michael and Wait, kit are gra- investigating grape trees grape trees did Just i wait say till we get to the name of the monastery okay i'm so excited <laughs> so kit picks up lyle on the scanner kit distracts him quote-unquote while michael sneaks towards him and literally michael just cold cocks an injured an injured man well this is the funny thing okay right hooks him so they presume that that um um lyle is loose he's out and about they never they found his bike they don't know where he is yeah so michael tell they tell the police that he's still probably out there Michael and Kit get out to the location where they think he is before the cops do and kit even says something you know, I really don't feel like I should be doing this. This is more like a job for a bloodhound. He's like, well, the cops can't be here for another hour. Right. But somehow they got there first from wherever they are. Right, exactly. And they find Lyle. Immediately, Michael pops up out of the bushes and punches him once in the face and is all done. Knocks him unconscious and, like, rifles through his body. Pulls out an airline ticket out of Lyle's pocket, which just happens to be a ticket to Napa Valley. Oh, Oh. Kit runs a check on the passenger flight res- reservations of the flight that's going to Napa to see if anybody going up there may have served time with Lyle in the past. Obviously, he finds nothing. So, But but Lyle's name doesn't come up 
in the passenger registration. Right. He has a damn ticket. Yep. Sure does. Okay. But Kit does pull up a very recent reservation with Jody Tompkins and Charlie's and Charlie's name on it. Oh. So Michael and Kit turbo boost and speed all the way over to Napa Valley. <laughs> Sets a course and they drive to Napa That's Valley. Because it's like a two-hour flight or something like that. Where something I'm, like I don't that, know. yeah. Michael says, Kit, chart uh, the fastest course to Napa Valley. Yep. And I'm like, that's flying, Michael. That is that that's is taking a plane. Yep. That's the fastest. You'll be traveling way slower than a plane. <laughs> yep. See you in a couple of days. But wow. that's okay. See you tomorrow night. So after a really long montage of Michael and Kit driving, they arrive in Napa Valley. <clears throat> after yet another scan, Kit does a lot of this in this episode, Kit finds that nobody named Charlie Waters fits Michael's description in or out of the country. Okay. So they pull off the road when they notice two men, two monks, if you will, standing by a cart that has tipped over. The proverbial apple cart. The proverbial apple cart. Here we meet the two monks named Brother Francis and Brother Tyrone. And their donkey, Kit. That's right, folks. Their donkey, Kit. Should we cue the inevitable running gag where Kit the donkey is confused with Kit the car? Oh, yeah, for the next two minutes? Because <laughs> that's, that's literally... Oh, well, Brother Francis says, that, well, I named him that when he was just a little ass. <laughs> but why? <laughs> like, I don't know. Night Industry 2000 <clears throat> makes, makes sense. But Kit? What could that be for a donkey? Kit the donkey. <laughs> so, Kit, K. Um, not, uh, known, <laughs> K-I, known... Italian. Italian. K-I-T-T. No, it's just just one T, though. Oh, I guess so. Known Italian. Terraformer. Whoa, no. Known (laughs) Italian. Why why is a donkey Italian? Known Italian terrestrial? Yes. Sure. How about that? Terrestrial or terraformer? Terraformer. Let's say that because donkeys are great at building planets. All right. So, Kit, the known Italian terraformer. (laughs) So Michael calls for Kit the car to get the grappling hook so he can help pull this cart back over. And it's like like, (laughs) Kit the donkey starts walking towards him. It's a 14th century cart, okay? It's like all made out of wood. These guys are monks. They're winemakers, whatever. But they have like super old technology. Yeah. There's no point. I don't understand. I know. So after they get the cart flipped back, Francis and Tyrone tell Michael that they work at the, the Monastery of the Grape. Making wine. <sighs> Brother Francis is fairly convinced that the arrival of Kit is a sign that Brother Giuliano will be back with them soon. The fuck? Really? Ernest and Giulio Gana, Giuliano Gallo? Yes. Terrible wine. <laughs> Ernest and Giulio Gallo? So I think that we should have a discussion about... No. About... <laughs> okay, go ahead. No, your thoughts about the donkey. I think they were I think they were setting up for something like like a running gag, but you only see the donkey a couple more times in the episode. Yeah, like, but what th- did, what did you tell me you wanted to see happen to the donkey? I would like to see a spin-off episode or maybe a series where Kit's consciousness is transferred into um Kit the donkey and we get sort of like a shenanigans ensue Mr. Ed type thing. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it'd be funny. Or Michael can't drive Kit, but he has to ride the donkey. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Right? And he's got to ride bareback, so he's got, like, oh, freaking, he's got bruises all over his ass, and he can't. He's, <laughs> Kit's always complaining. 
Yeah, Michael. Michael, Michael what's going on here? Michael, I can't believe this is so embarrassing. Oh, no. and he, like and Richard he, Nixon. He, he turbo boosts like the Ass Blasters in Tremors 3. He just, yeah, so a kit, <laughs> kit the donkey turbo boost is just like he fucking fires shit out of his ass and tries to like, <laughs> just runs really fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like how would how would Kit's consciousness get into a donkey? Would it be like that movie Transcendence with Johnny Depp where he uploads en- his consciousness? I always envisioned it more being like a Batman Forever scenario with the Edward Nigma machine. Yeah. You just put the thing on your head. Okay. It so could you, be something like you that. Put, you put the device on the on Kit's dashboard and then you put the other side on the forehead of the yeah. donkey and then it just transfers. I'm picturing. So I mean, then, but then Kit the car just starts driving around acting like a donkey. So he's, he's, like, like, he's just like bucking back and forth on the hydraulics. And then stops, just sits in the middle of the road for hours. <laughs> and just, he's like up and down on hydraulics. Just trying like to eat apples and, and stuff, but can't because he doesn't have a mouth. So I'm picturing something a little more grotesque. Some kind of like weird Hellraiser type grafting where... There's, oh, God. there's like parts of of Kit in the donkey, like it's grafted into the donkey's head, and it's it's just like, I have such wonderful sights to show you. Oh my God! Please. Yes. Oh, and, that's amazing. But so the Kit, 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 the donkey talks like Mister Ed, but like is really, really kind of perverse. Yes. Oh, such wonderful suffering lays ahead. We gotta make this episode happen. <laughs> Jesus, kid, that's a little dark. (laughs) He's just like, the the longer he goes being melded with the donkey, the the worse he starts getting. He's like, like dragging one leg behind him. (laughs) So how's the rest of this episode go? So Charlie arrives at the monastery and is brought to the basement immediately to meet a man named Dr. Fellows who is prepping Charlie for reconstructive facial surgery in exchange for $300,000 in diamonds. Now, let's talk about the basement of this monastery because it's just like filled with a lot of like brutish-looking monks. They're like bandaged up, they're drinking, they're smoking. You know, we get a we get a brief glimpse of brother fornicating. I don't know what they're doing. They're like their faces are all bandaged up, they're bruised. Mm-hmm. We get one small glimpse of Brother Giuliano before getting thrown into a room and locked in there. It's just like something weird is going on. <laughs> so Charlie's getting prepped for this reconstructive facial surgery. Now, Michael and Ken arrive at the Riesling Inn Whoa. at the Monastery of the Grape, where Michael sees <laughs> Jody painting the inn. Oh, now, wonderful. despite being engaged to, to Charlie, he and Jody have only known each other for four weeks. Oh, What? Charlie shows up shockingly and tells Michael, you better back off and stop bothering Jody about the diamond theft. And I love this. Michael's line is great. Michael's like, oh, I'm not interested in Jody. I'm interested in somebody else. And he just like gets in his car. Well, he and says, drives he away. tells him. He says, oh, no, that's right. He goes, I'm interested in you. Yeah, that's right. And he just gets in his car and drives away. It's great. And he and the smile he gives through the windshield. Oh, <sighs> it's so good. Now, Kit t- takes a still image of Charlie and kind of runs it back through the database again. Charlie is once again now finally being prepped and is getting ready to go in for this reconstruction. What I like is that, like when he went in the first time to get the, the consultation, and the way that the doctor gives his prices is based off of how much money you stole. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So he's like, well, you strange. know, I only charge people what they can afford, and it's based off of what they've done. How much were those diamonds worth? Three million. He's like, okay, three hundred thousand dollars, like ten percent. I'll take ten percent of that. To, Done. To give you a new face. Sounds perfect. I want to take your face off. off. Yep. 
Dude, that's crazy. I want to take his face off. I want to graft a donkey into a Pontiac. And not the other way around. Say that again? You want to do what? I want to take a donkey and graft it into a car. I guess we could do that if you really want to. Into a car. When I sit in those leather seats, I want it to be donkey seats. God. (laughs) So, back at Jody's hotel room... Out of the blue, a, a weird mustached man breaks in with a gun and demands the diamonds from Jody. Yes. Who refuses because she has no idea Wait, what he's talking about. You know where the mustache about. man came from? Where? You, you really don't watch these episodes. So the mustache man was the guy helping the surgeon w- when he was when he was taking a look at Charlie. Oh, no, he yes, the, I did yeah. see that. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay, I did see that. And see, that's why, he because Charlie was talking about how much money he has from the diamonds, and this guy's like... That's a lot of money. That's I'm gonna right, yeah. go. I'm gonna get that money, and I'm gonna graft a donkey onto a car. That's what he said. You're right. And then, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to belittle you. No, you're right. You're right, and I'm wrong. It's okay. Okay, great, <laughs> wonderful. So, the mustache man breaks in and demands the diamonds. Mm-hmm. Michael and Kit arrive. Michael busts into the room but is unfortunately held at gunpoint as he watches Jody kidnapped because the man basically says, like, don't try anything or I'm going to kill her. Don't try anything or I'm going to graft her onto a donkey. Was that my child that just poked her head in the yes. door? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I thought so. No, it was a weird donkey bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> With coaster brakes, it had, like, pedals sticking out of the side. The only <laughs> way we could stop is the pedal backwards. <clears throat> so shockingly, as Michael does, he follows after them. Telling Kit, though, like, stay a little ways back so that they don't see you. And I love Kit's line, oh, great, another project for Bonnie. Find a way to make me invisible. I know. Like, Bonnie is like, he's like, Bonnie just does everything. And this is the second episode. <laughs> wow, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> this is the second episode that Bonnie's in that she's back. She's back, and Kit's already like, I want Bonnie to make me do things. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael mentions a couple times in this episode and the next one, I'm just glad you're back. I'm just glad you're back, Bonnie. So glad you're back. Yeah, absolutely. So so glad you're back. So I love this. So there's a couple of, okay, there's a few production issues with this next scene. Hmm. So they pull up behind a car carrier. Yeah. And Michael turbo boosts Kit onto the top of the car carrier. So two things. Yeah. There's no sound when he turbo boosts. The sound of the turbo boost is missing from the scene. Oh, I didn't even notice that. It is gone. Okay. Absolutely gone. So then we get this wide shot of Kit on top of the car carrier, and then there's we see in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen, a random hat flies into the frame. I didn't see that. So what? It, you, yeah. So it makes me wonder if it was like the cameraman's hat on this scene <laughs> yeah, flies under the frame. Because they're all riding on the top of the car carrier filming this. Right. That makes sense. And I, I didn't see that. I was focused on the fact that you could clearly see Kit was chained down to the car carrier. Oh, see, right I wasn't watching that. I, I'm like, how's this car sitting there? I'm like, oh, it's chained down like you would strap a car down to a car carrier. Just like that. There yeah. it is. Yeah. No, no, there's definitely, like, you see a hat come into the frame and blow away. Huh. And then the sound was missing completely from that turbo boost onto the car carrier. That's awesome. It was great. I might have to watch that scene Absolutely. again. Absolutely. You sure it was a hat, not a toupee? I had to watch it and frame by frame it. It's a hat. Or not a merkin? It's a mesh-backed hat. Flies right into the frame. Okay. Um, so Michael gets out of Kit on top of the car carrier and jumps down onto the bed of the truck that the man is driving with Jody. 
The guy pulls over. He and the guy fight on the side of the road. No, no, no. So, no, just to make it clear why it's so easy to pull this car over, the guy that's kidnapping Jody demanded that she drove. That's right. Yep. And she's like, I'm not a good driver. Drive. But I'm not a good driver. Drive. Well, she's driving really slow, too, which is probably right. why they could catch up So, with which him. is why as soon as Michael jumps on the truck, she stops. Yeah. It makes sense. It ma- I mean, that's a... That was the most plausible part of this entire episode. Oh, absolutely. Other than being able to graft that donkey onto a skunk. Absolutely. So, one of Kit's new features goes into play here, the 3D interactive graphics plotter. So, they take an image of the mustache man, and they run it through the graphics plotter, and it's basically de- deconstruct that face to show that the man who kidnapped Jody has had extensive plastic surgery, and it's another, none other than a dude named Eric Sanders, who escaped death row last year like th- six months ago or last year yeah <laughs> just like because in oh. this time okay so the semi truck the 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 foundation semi trucks out there somehow whatever happened to this guy they they captured him and he's someplace right and they couldn't find any information about him because he has burps <laughs> different fingerprints his dna's right. coming up as donkey yes and that's weird i know it is yeah he has donkey sized shits i know right just one one singular Ostrich egg size loaf every 12 hours. So I love that Michael's dis- the deduction here from Michael is that, oh, well, clearly this guy got a new identity. So Charlie's going to Napa to buy a new identity. So we just have to figure out where and why. Totally makes just sense. Like, what? Okay. Great. I mean, line this up. Just line this up. Stealing, stealing jewelry, to using the money, going to Napa Valley to a, a monastery that's a winery to go get your face done. Yep. I mean that it all okay. it all it's it, it looks like it checks out. So Michael tells Jody that Charlie's real name is Ch- is James Benson, and he's already used half a dozen aliases prior to meeting Jody. Not only that, but he's also been engaged to three other women. Also, Charlie's construction company that he claims he owns it doesn't exist. And of course, Jody's like, "Well, that's not true. I love him." <laughs> okay, well, doesn't negate the fact that everything I just said is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I love him. I've known him for four weeks. Right. That's a lifetime. And so trying and this is this is another real stretch here. Trying to like piece it all together, Jody tells Michael, the only thing I know is that when we got here, we went to the monk's cellar winery where Charlie drank some wine, and then after he was finished, he asked for a glass of Chateauneuf de Pop. And Michael goes, A French wine in a California winery. Hmm. I have such wonderful tastes to show you. And that's how he puts it all together. So he goes <laughs> back to the winery. And they can conc- now. This is another lame brain plan. I don't understand the point of this whole thing. So they concoct this plan to put the police on their trail. So Michael has Kit invent a crime to feed to the wire services. Yeah. So so basically, which makes no sense because when the episode ends, Devin calls the cops anyway. Well, so it's it has Kit develop a fake past for Michael so that he has reason to go in to get plastic surgery and has the money to prove it. But he needs the money from Devin. He needs a hundred thousand dollars. It a hundred grand. It was a hundred grand from Devin. He does this this episode and the next episode. He asks for money, and it's it's widely known. And Kit mentions it every time. You know how much Devin hates when you ask for foundation money. A hundred thousand dollars in cash in a briefcase. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. So, but I like this this back and forth with Kit and Michael. So. Kit eventually sets Michael up as this. He he puts in this fake wire for an armed robbery to get get the cops to tail Michael. 
It well, can't... no, it's not to get the cop. I didn't think it was to get the cops to tail Michael. That's what he says. He I... wants them to concoct a plan to put the police on their trail. I thought it was to. You're wrong. Prove. And I am right because that... I fucking subtitled this scene and replayed it eight times because I had no idea what they were talking about. You sure it wasn't about donkey grafting? I mean, I didn't really want to. We talked a lot about <laughs> little barbarians there. Do you think you could make a centaur? <laughs> a kit, a kit, a kit tar, a, a a nightar, a Michael Knight centaur with a donkey ass. But do you think you could make a centaur that that's just the two back halves of of a horse? <laughs> I think it should be a centaur. Should be so it should be a, the head of a horse. But the body of the car, so it's just like you have just like you have a, the the horse head and the neck oh, oh, oh. grafted to the hood of the car, just like dry. so you know like every now and then it's just like the no it's like the scene in Ren and Stimpy where the horse falls and breaks his legs and he's just like oh god so every time the horse head starts driving because it has to start and it's just like you hear him driving down the road and it's like oh god oh. It's agonizing pain. It's terrible. But you know, like you, you'll see like YouTube videos of like cute little you watch dogs. YouTube videos of horse craftings. Yeah, we watch YouTube videos of like giant military vehicles running into herds of cows. <laughs> no, we don't. Yes, we do. <laughs> but no, like like there's a story, like mm-hmm. stories of like you know pets will get hit by cars and stuff like that. And they'll get paralyzed, but they'll make these little like these little like wheels for their hind legs. Yeah. So that's the, I picture that. Okay, it's like it's the kit, but the horse is like running in the front, but it's like wheels. <laughs> back legs. So do you guys understand what Michael's trying to do here? I I honestly think that Michael I I you, you subtitled it and I believe it. Go ahead, write M- us. My impression was that Michael needed a backstory to go get the surgery from from the the bad sur- from the crook surgeon. Yeah, to prove it. Yeah, you're so, right. And I get, and I guess, yeah. So I don't know. That's all I got. I okay. don't. I have no idea how the police could find Michael when the place is hiding. Exactly. Anyway. But I love this because Kit's wanting to like set up this crime that's like way worse than armed robbery. Because Michael Kit's like, Michael, I take you more of an embezzler. I think you're good at embezzling. Let's do that. Seems more your style. How is that worse than armed robbery? I don't know. And Michael's like, well, let's maybe maybe just like ease up a little bit, there, what, buddy. I, what if Kit just went too far? <laughs> Infanticide. (laughs) Have you ever seen New Girl? Yes, yes. It's like when Winston, who's the terrible, he's terrible at pranks. They're either too big or too small. Uh And my favorite scene is when he's when he registered Nick as a sex offender. (laughs) Like that's the shit that Kit would do, thinking he's trying to be like cute and coy. Oh, this will get attention. Kit, you registered me as a sex offender. What? How is that? How is that okay? Yeah, yeah, but you you killed your mother and your sister while naked. Wow, at a preschool. Woo, boy, we lost it. No, we got it. Okay, we're holding it firm. Back to the monastery of the grape. Michael has the uh, he has the hundred thousand dollars, and he's talking to the doctor. No, he goes in first, and he starts drinking wine, and then he asks the monk for a glass of Chateauneuf du Pape. Excuse me, what? Uh, a glass of Chateauneuf du Pop. Mm. Yeah, and that what was his what was his deal? That that monk, that monk was a just a grumpy piece of shit. He was such a grump. He probably had he probably had a bunch of you know like when you play the, that j- game Jacks. Yes, I bet he had a bunch of Jacks. 
yeah, up his ass. <clears throat> I that he did, and he so Michael is immediately taken to Doctor Fellows. He was a monk. He was wearing a hair shirt. <laughs> Who notices? I love this. He notices immediately with Doctor Fellows. Well, Michael, I noticed that you've already had some extensive plastic surgery before. Uh, and Michael's like, "Well, my face became too popular with the cops." <clears throat> and he's like, "Okay, well, so Michael offers him this money, and he goes, "Well, he's like, how much did you make in the armed robbery?" And he's like, "Ah, about one point three." And he goes, "Funny, hmm. Well, I heard it was more like one point five. And he goes, "Yeah, well, when it gets over a million, who keeps counting, right?" And the the doctor's such an easy sway. He's like, "Oh, I guess you're right. Well, I, I want a hundred and fifty thousand. And Michael's like, "Well, no, I've got a hundred thousand in this briefcase. Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, you can have it cash right now. All like, right, Charles. such an easy sway. He's just like, "No, you can't have one hundred fifty grand." Then Michael says, "Okay, when when's the surgery?" And he says, "In an hour." Yep. So, so in an hour, Michael is going to have significant facial facial reconstruction. Or is it? Because in the next scene, when Michael leaves to get prepped, he stumbles upon a locked door as he watches a monk putting Brother Giuliano in. And when he goes to leave, he stumbles right into Charlie, who has just come out of his surgery, but doesn't look any different. Yeah, it doesn't look like Charlie. It does look like Charlie. You think so? He's, yes, I it knew exactly who. I thought it was an entirely different person. No, I knew exactly. He who had it was. like all kinds of makeup on. It was he was supposed to was he supposed to convey like facial bruising from the reconstructive surgery? I knew it was Charlie the second he bumped into him. Yeah, and I'm just like, that's a really so shitty plastic. So surgery. Right there, there it goes. That explains why all the other monks in there had bandages on their faces. Right, and that tipped it off that all those monks at some point have had reconstructive surgery. Yeah, absolutely. So after the nurse tells Charlie that he looks, this is also like, what a bad line that Charlie has here. So Charlie walks into the room and the nurse is like talking to Charlie and goes, oh, Charlie, is everything okay? You look like you've seen a ghost. Charlie replies and just says, well, yeah, I have. I ha-. Well, he goes, I hope that Michael will soon be one. Yeah, he's like, I hope that he'll soon be one. Yeah. Oh, this, this, like, this, what a this, weird way to just uh, say you're going to kill someone. But also, what a just... <laughs> Just all of this, all of this. Just Michael's ends up wandering around this monastery with these monks and stuff, and like no one's really questioning anything. Nope. nothing's really locked. He's just kind of looking around, and you know he was wandering around like downstairs or wherever, and there were just vats, big doers of like wine, like big vats of yes, wine. Yes, I did notice that. I, I could, I'm probably mistaken. <clears throat> Do you remember that episode of MacGyver? Yeah. Where he put the nitrous on the on the wheels and they right. they blasted the giant. It felt like the same. It could have been. It might not have been. I mean, all you know, it's all the same. It's all the same. It's all the same. So Michael goes to Charlie's room to look for the diamonds while Kit is parked outside with Tyrone and Francis sitting in the front seat. How does he know what Charlie's room is? I don't know. Um, apparently, in news that I don't care about, Doctor Fellows was kicked out of the American Institute of Plastic Surgery a year ago. For reasons that they don't explain. For grafting donkeys onto cantaloupes. <laughs> it's a donkey body and a cantaloupe face. <laughs> a donkey body with a cantaloupe head. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, that donkey's dead. No, I attached the I attached the cantaloupe head to it. Yes, but is there any brain activity? No, it's a cantaloupe. They're fine. It'll, it's fine. Graft oh, it. You look at you, it. Looks the same. The folds. It looks like a brain. The body's just laying there, like just twitching. Sir, the that's just a donkey with a cantaloupe head. I know, right? It's amazing, even, sir. You didn't even graft it on there. You just pushed it into his neck cavity. It'll it'll heal. 
<laughs> so, Dr. Fellows one day just showed up at the monastery with an offer of financial assistance because the monastery was in financial distress. But they had no idea that Dr. Fellows would use the winery as a front for illegal operations. For illegal face face changes? Apparently, there's a market for that. God, so, just all of this, man. And the reason that Brother Giuliano was taken is because they're basically taking him hostage and they're going to kill him if they ever try to get help. So he's been doing this for a year. Like holding Brother Giuliano hostage for a year. Like on house arrest. Like being being mean to him, but like just locking him in his in his room and then taking him out to pee, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Taking yeah. T- letting him wander around the grounds. Yeah. I don't I just I don't I, get I, it. I don't get it. So Michael finds the diamonds in a pitcher of water, then goes out to find Charlie, and Kit has a very sweet line. Be careful, Michael. I don't know why, but I've grown accustomed to your face. I know, but but at this point Michael and Kit are separated. Yes. But who's in Kit? Tyrone and Francis. Right. And who's sitting next to Kit? Oh, Kit the donkey. Kit the donkey. Like a dog. And Kit assumes the donkey is like a dog. Oh, and Kit fucking hates the donkey. He hates the donkey so Kit much. Kit hates all animals. I've come, can, after three seasons now. Well, after hate, that one dog pissed on him. Right. He's hated all animals he hates since. hates them all so much. Um, Michael is ambushed by a bunch of reconstructed monks in the, in the basement of the monastery. He is immediately sedated and prepped for surgery. Kit finds a wall to break through and does so this is where this is where most 80s shows always falter in their climax because the climax of this episode takes place and it's so quick uh-huh. so Kit finds a wall to break through breaks through it Michael breaks brother Giuliano out before going to surgery rips the IV out of his arm mm-hmm. breaks Giuliano out of his room Devin notifies the police to come and arrest fellows and all of the others Charlie escapes on a motorbike with Michael and Kit chasing after him Michael then dive bombs Charlie off a bridge into the water, and that's where the episode comes to a close. Now, I just want to say this. Charlie just had facial reconstructive surgery, yeah. and he's going to go toe-to-toe fisticuffs with Michael. That sounds great. Also, let us <laughs> let me add that I love how quickly Michael recovers from sedation. Right, because Kit said he... No, the doctor said something like, we don't have long. Like, they didn't, they used whatever. Right. And Michael, you know, who knows? Maybe Michael's got, you know, high tolerance due to whatever. Right. You know, you know. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. I have no idea. But, like, all these monks want get into a brawl after having facial, like, reconstructive surgery. All bruised and bad and shit. And then Charlie gets, like, like, tackled off a bridge into a, a, a lake or a, a stream that I'm sure isn't the cleanest water. No. He's probably going to get, like, sepsis. Um, his head also has an open wound because he ripped an right, IV out of his... IV out. So, so Charlie's head is going to inflate like a cantaloupe from yep. sepsis, <laughs> and then Michael's arm is going to turn into, like, a snake arm, like an Akira. Yep, pretty much. Um, did you also notice, and again, I love picking this stuff out, another issue, like, with the stunt guy... He jumped about a half a second too early. Oh, yeah, so off the bike? When yeah. Michael dives towards him, he dives hup, hup. before Michael even touches him. He jumps yeah. off the bike towards the water, which yeah. I just it was a fun little pickup. What would, have, what would have been really impressive is that if Charlie had been grafted to the motorcycle <laughs> and Michael tackles him, but they just fall over. His face is the wheel. <laughs> and he's sticking with the little car in the spokes. <laughs> what? <laughs> How is that possible, Dave? What? It's, it's, how can I don't know, Greg? So anyway, the diamonds are recovered. The winery returns to business. Everybody is happy. 
Now, we should mention that earlier in the episode, Brother Tyrone has taken a vow of silence. Yes. He breaks this vow of silence to thank the Foundation. Jody, as a gesture of thanks, paints a portrait of Michael and says, Oh, I also drew one of Kit. But it's not Kit the car. It's Kit the donkey. <laughs> Why would she do that? But, She's painting a picture for, like, Michael and the Foundation. Why would she paint a picture of the fucking donkey? But it's like Kit the donkey, but with, like, eagle wings and talons. <laughs> <laughs> Shitting on Kit's hood. <laughs> yes. Kit the donkey taking a bird shit on a Kit the car. <laughs> oh my god. And then Michael Knight is feeding the donkey krill or like fish. <laughs> like at a whale watching show. Oh man. <laughs> so that is the end of the episode and holy shit this show you said it beautifully when you texted me. You said that after this episode, it is not quite jumping the shark, but it's looking at the shark, and it's really thinking about it. Yeah. After this one, I'm just like, what else could they possibly do that's not going to be a jump the shark moment? This was a stretch. I mean, and again, it's so hard for me to continue rating these episodes because they've all become so over-the-top, far-fetched, and ridiculous, but... I fucking love them all. This was the most... Dude, this episode went far too long. This was... But it's a perfect example of how bonkers this has gotten. Oh, yeah. As, as how bonkers we have become talking about it. Yes, absolutely. But if I had to rate it, I would go Leather Jacket Turbo Boost. Oh, my God, Dave. You're just going right off... Uh, three, boom, boom. three and a half. <laughs> three and a half. Okay. What about you? What's your rating? Um, leather, I, It was thoroughly entertaining. Yes. Completely entertaining. I loved it. I want the, I want it to be a leather jacket, but I want it to be made out of donkey hide. Okay. Yeah. You can do, we can do that because it's our show. And I'm going to go that turbo boost too. Okay. Be, I, I'm going to do the same thing because it was just fun. There were a lot of flaws. It was full of shit. It was stupid. Donkey shit. But it was f- donkey shit, but donkey bird shit. Yes, absolutely. Donkey eagle talon bird shit. Um, fi- one more quick thing. Did you have a schmankman? Uh, the Schmankman was clearly the the uh, the uh, the the bad bodyguard guy. The guy that I want to get all the money. This is great. All these the mustache man. Mustache man. All right, I give you that. Mustache Mustafa. Um, I'm gonna give my Schmankman to the cameraman's hat because <laughs> he couldn't keep it on for less than thirty I seconds. Still think it was a Merkin. All right. Do you want to hear what's coming up next episode? <laughs> Does anyone? All right, before we close it out, let's talk about next week's episode. So next week is Season 3, Episode 4, Knights of the Fast Lane. A hit-and-run accident involving the daughter of a former partner leads Michael to a gang of high-class street racers. Looking forward to that, Greg. I yeah. think we've gone. this episode went long, didn't it? No. No? We're still We're good. doing all right? We're all right, awesome. All right, guys. So if you want to reach out to us, there are numerous ways to do that. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can just search for Champa and Klein. You can find us at Instagram at the Night Rider Years. You can find us on Twitter at Champa Klein. You can email us, let us blow your mind at gmail.com. You can find all this information and more at our website, champacline.com. C I A M P A K L E I N.com. We will be doing some modifications on that site uh, this year. <laughs> yeah, so that gives us another 11 months, more or less. Yep. Um, and then the other one you can do is give us a call on the hotline, 207 835 1954. Uh, otherwise, um, you guys want to call us, you can do that. You can do any other way to reach out to us. Um, give us a call. Give us a reach out. Anything you want. Greg, David. do you have any closing thoughts before we say goodnight? I, I, I don't even know where to... I, I, this was so much fun, Dave. 
It was so much fun. It was a really good time. It was a really good time. All right, guys. For the Knight Rider years, I am the known Italian terraformer. (laughs) And I am the donkey eagle wing centaur with talon claws bird shitting on Kit. Have a fantastic week, guys. We'll see you next week. There you have it, loyal listener. A fine example of what can truly be done with podcasting. Hard work, consistent output, and just the right amount of guidance from an enigmatic network overlord. Tune in again next week, to see what timeless gem I dust off for your listening pleasure. Seriously. I need to get someone into this archive room and do some cleaning. It's filthy. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.